I spoke at a women's retreat not too long ago. And that's what we were talking about. Like you're working so hard to scale your business to, you know, whether that's more income, more impact, all of these things, but what good is all of that? If you're not giving yourself the time to actually then go enjoy your life, enjoy your hard earned free time, build those relationships with your family and your friends. Instead, when you're spending it on the couch or in bed, exhausted every Sunday, is that really what you're working so hard for? Hi, everybody. I'm with Dr. Laura today, and we're going to be diving in in this Monday masterclass where we give the experts in our community. She's an amazing integral part of the Empire Life community. The opportunity for her to share her expertise with all of you and a huge expertise of hers is burnout and stress and how to negate that, manage it as it comes up naturally. And I'll hand it over to her a little bit more to intro herself. Yeah, thank you, Allison. So for those of you who didn't tune in last week, my name is Dr. Laura DeCesaris. I am a functional medicine consultant and coach for female entrepreneurs, female founders, and highly motivated women in general. But what I really want to talk about today is stress and burnout in women, especially as female founders. This is something that I see far too much and learning the actionable, simple, sustainable tools for supporting your body and mind when you're asking so much of it and building a business is going to be essential, not just for your health success, but honestly, for your business business success as well. So for example, I, I like to kind of start with just this visual is, which is most people drive. When you're looking to fill up your gas tank, are you one of those people that waits until the gauge like comes below empty to really fill it up? Or generally you kind of get down to like quarter of a tank, you know, you have a lot of driving to do. So you kind of fill it up so it can kind of get you to your next destination. Same goes for your body. Stop waiting till like that gauge is ticking below empty to fill yourself back up. Because otherwise what inevitably happens is women experience these cycles of burnout and then they have to be slow down to recover. Then they push really hard and get burnt out and then they have to slow down and recover. And really, if you're proactive about this, it just takes so much time and frustration at trying to get your body to perform the way you want it to. It takes that out of the picture and just lets you really thrive in your business as a whole. Yeah, that actually came up for me this weekend that a lot of times, well, I, I'm still not completely the best at this. Um, it's a definitely a growth edge for me, it, describing what you were talking about and pushing myself to the sheer point of exhaustion and then, okay, I have the weekend to recover. Uh, that's not the best, <laughs> that's not the best advice or feedback, but I do feel I, I am concurring with you, agreeing that a lot of, especially moms or entrepreneurs who have a lot, you know, we all have a lot going on, like female entrepreneurs Get, do get into that cycle. It's like, okay, when I'm done with this launch, then I'll rest. When I'm done with this event, then I'll rest. Instead of putting intermittent resting in each day, like 15 to 30 minutes, when I do that, and I'm also aware of my nighttime routine and getting enough sleep, I notice that it's easier for me to have a more positive mindset and just feel more self-confident succeed in my tasks, have more patience. And then when it comes to the weekend, 
I can actually have some time or energy to do something like write a blog or something that I really enjoy doing and have the energy to do that as opposed to I need to sleep until 11 to try to catch up on my sleep and then I feel groggy for the next few hours and I feel like oh did I really do some things that I enjoy like isn't the weekend for fun too and Exactly, exactly. I I spoke at a women's retreat not too long ago. And that's what we were talking about. Like you're working so hard to scale your business to, you know, whether that's more income, more impact, all of these things. But what good is all of that if you're not giving yourself the time to actually then go enjoy your life, enjoy your hard earned free time, build those relationships with your family and your friends. Instead, when you're spending it on the couch or in bed exhausted every Sunday, Is that really what you're working so hard for, right? Yes. And even for those listening that are in corporate positions, I I think I had similar feelings even when I wasn't in business for myself as a, okay, I can, I can catch up on the weekend on rest. But then another thing we might get ill or sick if we don't do that and or feel that way on the weekend too. Because it's like our body is saying, you've been ignoring me all week. And then now you want to, <laughs> now you want to sleep and now you want to care about me. And I'm so depleted. I mean, to go on a bike ride after all that? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And it's, I really want women to learn these tools so that you're not waiting to the point where you have a health crisis or where you're exhausted on the couch every weekend to be able to take care of yourself. But unfortunately as women, so many of us do that, right? We just put ourselves on the back burner to be there for everyone else and for everything else. But by prioritizing yourself, by learning effective stress management tools, by supporting your body the way it needs to, it just makes everything else so much easier in the long run. It really does. This is perfect timing because we're gonna be talking about soul sinking next week or next Monday. And this is, I think it's called my winter time or uh, the cycle time when you kind of go and for the men listening, you know, you can listen to this. It's fine with me. (laughs) There's mostly women in my community. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll I'll mention it briefly today. Cycle syncing kind of help, help direct your, your work schedule, your nutrition, your training around your cycle, but we'll really dive into that next week. Today, it's going to be a little bit more about like, how do we think about managing your stress realistically? Because what doesn't work is when someone just tells you, oh, don't stress out about it as much. Like never has that worked for anyone ever, at least not anyone that I've met. But what I find a lot of ambitious working women, like the three big things when we're looking at stress management is first, like you need to prepare for the unpredictability of your days. Like because so many of your days when you're, you're busy, you're building a company are unpredictable. From my perspective, that makes you very predictable because we know we have to increase your resilience, your ability to handle and manage stressors as they come, which now they're coming more than ever. Second, women really need to come up with a very personalized strategy when it comes to their stress management techniques. What works for me may not work for you, Allison, and it may not work for other people listening. It's really important to develop your own toolbox by using tools that resonate with you and work for you. And the third tip is asking for help. Like women really tend to thrive in community settings. 
So not being afraid to ask others for help is essential. Like I truly believe we're not meant to do life or business alone. So making sure that you're finding those people to help support you when you're going through a stressful season, through a busy season is really, really essential. Can we dive into those three points a little bit more? And I'm, I'm loving this because I felt even today that I was on the edge of coming to, to being a little bit burnt out and then upset with myself because I got about two less hours of sleep than I wanted. And I was more hot than usual with being in my cycle time. So I kept wait. I woke up several times, like more hot, even though the AC was on what it's usually on. So with all of that, I, then I was tempted to drink more coffee, but I stopped myself. I only drank one cup still, but it was like, I didn't even feel the cup of coffee. <laughs> so then I was doing like, what I was do. it, didn't, it didn't even feel like I drank any coffee. Then I'm like, if I drink too much coffee, then I'm not gonna be able to sleep again. And the whole cycle will continue. And I still got a lot of work done and I felt very in, inwardly focused on the tasks that I needed to do. And that felt really amazing to be in the flow. I allowed myself to take a 30 minute, about 40 minute nap. Nice. And great. it was great. I still felt like a little groggy when I woke up for a little while, because that's how I usually feel after naps. But I think I really needed that. It helped me feel refreshed. It, all the emotions around, there's so many things I need to do. And I can't take a nap right now, even though if I sit down to do some of these tasks, I'm not going to be as focused or successful as if I probably take a 30 minute nap and then go about doing my task. And I was able to put in another two hours when I got back from picking my daughter up from school. But with all that said, there was a lot of emotions around not sleeping well and then all having a more challenging time to like keep a positive mindset because I didn't sleep very well. <laughs> I, right. Like sleep really is the foundation for a lot of us, right? Like a bad night of sleep just does not set the stage the way we want it to sometimes, right? Just added stress, not letting your body recover the way you need to. So I, I totally get that, but good for you for also taking the initiative to like, okay, I need a little nap today. I need to make sure I have enough enough to handle all the stuff that's going to be thrown because that's the other thing, right? There's always going to be a sense of urgency. There's always going to be something else we can do more that we can worry about. So it's really about, all right, how do I ground myself? How do I center myself to start handling this? So like when I talk about stress management techniques that work for you, for some of you, that may be like a minute or two of paced breathing, like really working on different breathing techniques to calm the heart rate, to ground yourself in the, in the moment. For others of you that may look, look more like very efficient time management techniques, right? Things like the tomato method or the Pomodoro method or time blocking to kind of set yourself to stay on pace for smaller blocks of time and then giving yourself more breaks. The other big thing when it comes to stress management is also like so many of us are working at our computers today. Like I want you to really think about how much are you getting up and allowing your body to move and changing position. So different things like sitting to standing desks, getting up at the top of each hour and just doing some stretching, like morning, noon, and night, trying to get some sunlight exposure to kind of help with that natural energy um, and our natural cortisol rhythm throughout the day. There's so many little things you can do mm. that are, are very simple and time efficient that just help your body function a little bit better 
when you're really stressed. One of my favorite in the moment techniques, which is, you know, you're stressed, right? Like you just read that email, you read that internet comment, something went wrong on one of your launch funnels. Like you're, you're feeling the heart rate go up, you're feeling warm, you're getting a little panicked. I like to tell people at that moment, like take a step back from your computer, take a really big breath in and out, and then ask yourself, is this gonna matter in five years? Like, honestly, because it may seem like a really big deal right now, but in five years, you're probably never gonna remember it. So that allows you to just kind of mm. go in and, and like reset your brain to say the world isn't ending. This is just one of those hurdles that's being thrown my way today. Let me go handle it. Because if you go in and try and handle it in this very panicked state, you're probably not gonna perform the way you want to. So being able to ground yourself, calm your breathing will be, let you be much more efficient when those stressors kind of come up. Um, and then the other things I'm talking about, like the sunlight, making sure you're moving around. These are just general good habits to help your body throughout the day, right? So you're not feeling all crunched up in front of your laptop, all tired and stiff and in pain by five o'clock every day. I love all of those. I, I had an experience even last week where I did what you were saying and I took a step back. And I also like to ask myself in those times, why am I feeling this way? Like, why, why did this actually upset me? And usually there's some kind of past trauma or something somebody else said to me when I was a kid, or I can usually pinpoint exactly what was the underlying feeling? Did that make me feel not appreciated? Uh, or I got a lack of appreciation maybe from that person. If somebody made a, you know, a not so nice comment and then going into well, why did they feel that they needed to say that? Like what, maybe what's going on with them and having compassion. And then once I've processed that, usually to answer from the compassion or love and understanding, it usually always goes in a, a healthy way. Yeah, I think that's, it's a hard thing for a lot of us to learn, but a really invaluable tool is to be able to actually sit and feel those emotions and actually process them and then let them pass versus feeling uncomfortable and then trying to find another outlet for it, right? Like, oh God, I don't want this. Where am I going to put it? Like sit with that discomfort because you're right. When things really stress us out, we can tend to figure out where it's coming from and why sit with it, process it, understand it breathe it away. And then it just makes it easier every time something like that happens again. And then the supplements are also really big in like the stress management world right now. But I like to tell people when it comes to like stress management supplements, use them like the word, right? They're there to supplement these other habits we're talking about. So it can be so tempting to just, let me go buy whatever is that popular ad on Instagram or something like that. But a lot of the supplements that are marketed for stress management, a lot of them are like herb-based. You need to be working with someone to look into these, to see how they're going to react with your body, with your food, with other stuff that you're taking. Like sometimes they don't work well for everyone and they work very differently. Uh, an herb that can help one person calm down and unwind can be very stimulating for another person. So it's, it's always good to kind of use those as like your, your extra support, not your your basic approach to stress management, learning the tools and the techniques to be able to work through it is really invaluable. And then the supplements just help add a little something extra into the mix. 
Exactly. Like in addition to learning how to not take things personally, <laughs> they feel personal, <laughs> which it's that I feel like that goes back to learning that is a management for handling our stress because that brings a lot of stress. And when we're in business for ourselves, it's our baby. It's our child. We've watched this business start walking and then, you know, maybe go to middle school and then eventually to college. We're really successful. It's almost like raising a child. So when somebody says something or you did it like this, or you could have done this, especially if we don't feel like they're in a position to add critique or feedback, it still stings. It's still like, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone took the time to say something like that to me or it didn't work out with someone that we thought was our ideal client or so many things throughout the day that can be coming up that are not necessarily personal. I think that for, for me, that's been a huge, added so much peace to my life, even in my personal relationships. Like let's, let's process this first both our emotions and then come from that place of okay I really want to understand why you felt that you needed to react in this way instead of you did this to me right, right. <laughs> absolutely and you're right it's so hard to like separate our personal emotions from from your business from your career when it's something you've worked so hard on like some of us are better at that than others but it's really challenging for a lot of us when you've poured your your heart and your soul into something for someone to kind of cut it down to a, a nasty comment or a negative way of saying it. But once you learn how to process that in management, it, it just puts the power and the control back in your hands, right? Like someone else doesn't have the ability to completely derail your day with a single sentence because you know how to process things coming your way a little bit better. And no, no supplement can do that for you, unfortunately. So you got to learn That's how, to, right. you know, learn how the, to do the behavior modification. Yes. Oh, yes. The behavior modification. I love that how you said that. At the beginning of Empire Life, I remember I would immediately delete any kind of comments that I kind of made me feel slightly uncomfortable or I don't know if I fully agree with this person. And now I'm able, most of the time I leave it there unless it's super hateful or derogatory or something like that of course or weird but right. usually you know like a sketchy guy or something weird like yeah. that right. but usually yeah. if they're they disagree with me or they're pointing out something hey did you think about this and it even if it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable it's like is this a healthy kind of uncomfortable is this a growth edge for me Right. Maybe they're right. Maybe this is an area that I can grow in because all of us are growing all the time. Or being in the growth mindset means that I also need to be open to what my community is pointing out if that's a valid growth edge for me. Right. Absolutely. And like, that's the stuff that's kind of hard to swallow sometimes, but it also can be some of the best things for you in terms of personal growth and business growth. Um, and people feeling like they can come into your community and speak their mind without being, you know, deleted or thrown out as long as it's done respectfully, obviously. I but, agree. And what would you say, like at that retreat and with some of your clients, there are some really common themes that you've seen with burnout and stress, the common questions, common things that they're saying to you? 
Yeah, so in addition, there's, there's two main other areas that always come up. The first one is the concept of boundaries, right? And not just boundaries with like your employees, with other people, but also boundaries with yourself. Like it's really easy to just overwork yourself and put yourself on the back burner. Like you said earlier, oh, I'll wait till this launch is over. I'll wait till this program is over. But like as much as you also work on setting boundaries with other people, like respect yourself enough to set a boundary with yourself to take the time to take care of you, right? No one else is going to do it for you. Like you have to be strong enough to say, no, I'm going to take this time out of my day to do something that serves my health, that serves my mental well-being, and I'm going to stick to it. Whether that's making sure you put yourself in your own calendar or just committing to yourself each morning, like boundary setting goes both ways. It goes outwardly and inwardly. Um, and a lot of women that are dealing with burnout, I see very poor boundary setting in both of those directions. And that's something major that can affect your health um, on a physiologic level, let alone on a mental well-being level. Besides boundaries, the other major thing I see is busy women working a lot, also maybe having a family and raising kids, trying to do a thousand other things. We're asking a lot more of our bodies and our minds than the bare minimum, but we're treating our body and mind with the bare minimum, right? We're like not paying attention to what we eat. We're not really paying attention to how we work out effectively. We're kind of just doing what we've always done. We're not pouring extra nutrients into the system in the form of like functional foods or, or, or vitamins if we need them. We're, we're trying to like run a Ferrari, but we're treating it like the old used car on the car lot. And that's just not how it works. Like you don't take a Ferrari to a crappy garage, you take it to a specialty garage, right? So same thing, like if you want to perform like a Ferrari, you have to support yourself like a Ferrari. So usually that involves is you want to perform at the next level, you have to fuel yourself at the next level. You have to support your mental well-being at the next level. You have to pay attention to all of these things about your health with a different level of fine tuning than the bare minimum. And it's because you're asking more of yourself. So once you can understand that and commit to doing that, it makes it a lot easier to implement some of these habits. That brings me to thinking about mentors and having a coach such as yourself, like for your health or also our into intuition or investing in a business coach. I feel like all of those areas require, like you're saying, a higher level of commitment and investment to then reach the higher level or <laughs> you're going, you're going towards that. Then you require a different set of beliefs or uncovering maybe blocks realizing where your energy, when you were talking, I was imagining I'm not always the best. I tend to be a night owl and I'm not always the best at going to bed at a decent time, even if I have the best intentions. And I feel like that is like an energy leak. So mm. if that was two hours later than I expected. That's two hours less sleep. And that could super like it did last night affect my day the, the whole next day to be able to achieve all the things that I need to do, like you were saying, or really be there, show up and be there, able to better hold a container for my clients and my community and my family. Absolutely. And I see so many women doing these amazing things, right? They're supporting other women. They're, they're changing lives. Like the question I like to ask is imagine the potential for 
what your reach could be for how many other people you can show up and serve and help if you're showing up and serving yourself first. Because if you're impacting that many women by doing the bare minimum for yourself, just imagine, imagine how much you could change the world by taking the time to learn tools to support your own body. Like you want to talk about making an impact, like Mm -hmm. that multiplies your impact by so much when you really serve yourself first. It does. And something else that I wanted to bring up, I was reflecting on this a lot earlier today before our masterclass was that if we're in pain, tired, or like overly hungry, or we're having some physical bodily reaction, it's much more difficult to be present with another person and loving and supportive when we're like to get past that that pain or chronic pain chronic stress or fatigue and truly be there even for ourselves so how can we think that we're going to be able to show up of course sometimes we're going to have some of those moments but like what can we do to i really want to summarize also like where can we start or what can we do to hopefully have less chronic pain or less fatigue, less of those moments when we're like, I can't even with myself today. Like if I, if I can't even get past my own pain and feelings or emotions or every, all the things, then how am I going to truly be able to be there for someone else? Like, where do we even start, Laura? Right. So like, before we even talk about other tools, first place to start is also if you're coming from a place of chronic pain, you have stuff going on and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Like I want to put myself first, like give yourself a little grace and then give yourself a little pat on the back for getting to the point where you're ready to take action to feel better, because that is a huge hurdle for a lot of people. And a lot of women get kind of caught up just beating themselves up about it. But instead, if you're like, I'm going to do this, like, I don't know where to start, but I want to do this. That's the biggest step. So like you're already, you're already in it. Like if you're there, the rest is simple. <laughs> but I always tell people like start with the foundations. And the three big areas are like, what's your nutrition like? Are you fueling your body in a way that makes you feel amazing? Like if you're following a specific eating plan, I don't care if that's keto or gluten-free or Mediterranean, but if you've been eating a certain way and you don't feel good, like that is probably not the best way of eating for you. Like you will figure out when you're eating the right stuff, when you just feel amazing all the time. Like it is that simple. Like really it is. (laughs) We try and make it so complicated by breaking it down to macros and this and that, but it's really paying attention to how your body feels and how it performs. And you'll know that you get it right when you don't have to think about that. It's just easy. You wake up and you feel great. Sleep is the, and the next big foundational thing. Like if you're not, I know you and I've been talking about this, but prioritize it. If you're not someone that likes to, to go to sleep early, like allow yourself to take naps. There's plenty of studies that women are actually really efficient when they take naps. Some of it is just how we're, we're wired from an evolution perspective, but taking naps during the day, especially if you have the time in your schedule for it can really amplify your productivity and all of the other biochemical processes that take place when we sleep. If you're not sleeping well, constantly waking up, like 
take some time to troubleshoot that. Like I actually literally did a post about this today on my social media is what, what are some things to look into when you're waking up in the middle of the night? It can be anything from not eating enough during the day, it can be hormone dysfunction, it can be your sleep environment, it could be too many like toxins in your environment. So doing some troubleshooting to help you figure out how to sleep better is gonna go a long way because your body needs sleep to do everything else. If your sleep pillar is not intact, everything else is ultimately just not gonna function as well. You experience that, that today. And that, that third pillar is what are some ways that we can manage our stressors? So like the one I like to talk about a lot is exercise because I find a lot of women use exercise as a stress management technique, which is great but we'll talk about this a little more next week when we talk about cycle syncing. Exercise is a stressor in and of itself. So depending on like how stressed you are and how you're handling it, different kinds of exercise can be better than others day to day. And especially where you're at in your cycle, like we're just primed to do things at different times. But if you're someone who is super stressed, you're anxious, you feel like you're burning out and you're also going to like high intensity boot camps five or six times a week, that's probably not really serving you well. That's only adding to your stress cup. So maybe you can cut that down to half of that time and then work in some slower resistance training, some yoga, some mobility, and give your body a chance to recover. Like we talk a lot about over-exercising, but what we don't talk about is under-recovering, like giving yourself some time off to just heal and actually get the results you want from your workouts. So exercise, great stress management tool if you use it in a smart way. So stress management tools, exercise, nutrition, sleep, those are things that are very much in your control before you kind of get fancy with all the like the biohacks and the supplements and all that kind of stuff. Like those are really great too, to take it to the next level. But if you don't have these foundational things in place, you don't have any business going after those tools right away. That's really powerful, Laura. Thank you for sharing all those super powerful. I I feel, well, I wanted to point out that like ashwagandha or adaptogens, is ginkgo biloba an adaptogen too? Mm -hmm. Yep. Ginkgo biloba, ginseng, those make me feel very hyperactive. Yeah, that's what I mentioned um, <laughs> earlier. Like in some people, they're very calming and other people, it's the opposite. Like they're very stimulating. So you have to be really careful which ones you take, the time of day you take them and kind of being able to gauge your individual response to each one. I love to take it in the morning. Also, <laughs> what, what is your opinion about maca? Or are some other ones you have? I like maca, especially blends of maca. If, if someone's dealing with like depleted hormones or a little bit of hormonal imbalances, because it is so powerful, you, you do have to watch. It can, it can cause hormonal swings in one direction or the other. But for someone who's like very depleted in the hormonal department, like the woman who's kind of already been on the edge of burnout or in the midst of it, it can, it can really help drive some energy back into that system and kind of boost things back up a little bit. Well, you say emotionally it would boost someone too, or, or does that all go together? That if you feel more energy, then you probably <laughs> can feel better emotionally or mentally, right? Yeah. And especially women with our hormonal patterns, when they get very depleted because of long-term unaddressed stress, like that does impact our emotions because some of those hormones have very strong calming effects naturally. Like we hear a lot about progesterone, a lot of stressed out women suffering from low progesterone. 
Progesterone is like the natural anti-anxiety compound that our body shoots out. Like, you know, when you're lacking because that second half of your cycle, the, the anxiety and the emotions are just riding way too high and you're really missing that, that kind of calming effect. So when there's hormonal dysfunction that comes from that stress cascade, it absolutely affects your emotions and kind of your ability to ground yourself in the moment when you feel your emotions swinging around. But this is an amazing topic. I feel like we could have like five sessions to, to keep asking more questions about it. There's I'm sure there's a lot of layers to it for sure. There's a lot of layers. Start with the basics is always yes. recommendation. like get those nailed first. Right. Totally. Start peeling back the layers more and more. Right. With, with a professional and an expert such as yourself, I completely agree with that. And looking at blood work and being able to understand an individual's makeup and structure it's going to be different like you said for each person absolutely what are also i know before i was before we hop off or probably about five more minutes i was i was wanting to know what are some techniques that somebody can do like you were saying they can get up and and stretch or like incorporate let's say 10 to 15 minutes of stretching and breath work and some yoga maybe get outside in nature what are some other ones I was I was curious that are coming to you yeah some other ones I like to do too from like a, a neurological perspective is if you're someone working at a screen all day like once on the hour like back up from your screen and look away from it at something at least like 10 feet away like other side of the room this basically cuts down like the strain on your your eyes and your brain which that contributes overall to like stress load, your cortisol, melatonin rhythm as well. So making sure you're giving your body breaks. I'm a huge fan of like different deep breathing techniques. I know I mentioned it earlier, but most of us, especially when we're stressed, we tend to do a lot of breathing, like very just shoulder breathing. And we really don't tap into that diaphragmatic breathing. So I teach women a tool called paste breathing, which is very simple. You inhale through the nose for four counts. You hold it for seven counts and then you exhale slowly through the mouth for eight counts. So this has been shown to have literally like biochemical effects at reducing stress hormones. In menopausal women, it's been shown to reduce the incidence of hot flashes by like 40%, which is- Oh huge. my gosh, that's huge. It's, and it's free, right? Like breathing is right. free and it's something you have to do anyway. So I like to tell a lot of the women I work with who use like the wearables, like your Apple watch, instead of getting annoyed when that little reminder tells you to breathe, like what if you actually listen to it and just did deep breathing for a minute, a couple times a day? Like it's just a couple minutes <laughs> out of your day, but it has such a big impact on your mood, on your stress management effectiveness, that it, it should just be something that becomes a very seamless part of your, your routine, honestly. That's perfect. And one more question, Laura, I know you're in Arizona, right? Yes. And I'm in Texas and it is hot as hell <laughs> this last hot. few months. <laughs> yeah. And if we're already, we're already like dealing with all these things and at least for a few months, even right now, it's still in the eighties. It's at least it's starting to be someone in the eighties at night, which feels cool compared to in the one hundreds. sad when you say it out loud. <laughs> How do you suggest that we still get fresh air or we still get enough of, of that? Do we work out in our homes or 
if we're if we're living in a hot place or maybe it's too cold in the winter also mm -hmm. you know on the flip side yeah so especially when it's really hot like you do have to watch how how long you're outside right like working out outside right now is very challenging but when we're talking about the benefits of natural light like that's something that you can do in front of a window right like we're just trying to get a couple minutes of that natural sunlight at three very specific times of day as close as possible to when you first wake up sometime in the middle of the day and sometime again around like sunset because these natural light cues are they cue our body to literally do different things with our hormones that help with our normal energy cycles and our sleep-wake rhythm. Um, and it's enough to just at least get in front of a window if it's really hot or really cold. A lot of people in cold climates, the other problem is these tend to be more north and they don't get as much natural light. So I actually do love the use of like light, box, light boxes and artificial sunlight, if that's you. I remember when I lived in upstate New York, for example, I invested in a light box because mm. the days were just gray for months and you didn't get that sunlight. And that seriously impacts more than just your mood. Like we know it messes with your vitamin D levels, with your cortisol, with your, your overall emotions and, and happiness. So if you for are sure. in those places, a light box may be in your favor as those days get shorter and darker. Are you from New York originally? I grew up in Pennsylvania and then lived in New York oh, for nice. years before I came Oh, out. nice. Now you have an abundance of sunlight. This is Always the flip side issue. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other part of that exercise, like when you can't exercise outside, like, heck yeah, just do some of it indoors. But I would also suggest like, try and be present in it. Like I see, mm -hmm. I see a lot of women multitask and they have their computer or phone like on a treadmill trying to do work. Like I'd rather have people do movement for shorter amounts of time, but very intentionally then walk on a treadmill for 60 minutes, but be not really paying attention and multitasking with other stuff. Like just let your body move and the best, yeah. movement, the best movement is the one that you're going to enjoy that you're consistent with, whatever that may be, weightlifting, running, dancing. It's really what you're going to, what's going to make you happy and make you want to do it. Yes. I can't wait to get outside to do like midday walks of something right. that I love doing, but Absolutely. when it gets a little cooler, Soon, soon, a couple yes. more weeks. <laughs> and being intentional, like you said, noticing the grass and the birds and yeah, everything around me, getting some sunlight. Yeah, like believe it or not, humans, we were not made to just work all the time. Like, we were made <laughs> to experience our world. So give yourself the opportunity to do that. And I think you'll be amazed at, at how your health and your mindset and your well-being transforms. Perfect. And before we hop off, people can contact you on Instagram and your website. Yep. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Laura DeCesaris. My website is www.drlauradeceseris.com. And I'm actually enrolling right now for my next small group coaching program called Power 45. So if any of this resonated with you, feel free to shoot me a message for more info. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Laura. And we'll, we'll be back next Monday. Yes, super excited about it.